Hey, listeners, we're back with some fresh perspectives in securities finance. Where the street comes for some good stock loan information and a few laughs. And where beneficial owners come to learn. This is ESEC Lending Insights. Let's get over to our episode. We're all back from Nashville. This is IMN Debrief. I think I'm going to start with a quote from Jim Maroney. That oh. he said Tuesday night was the most fun he's had at a conference, period. The ESEC dinner and then the after party, I thought was Okay, spe- okay. Well, is that because, can we make sure that our listeners know that you followed through on your promises, Jim? Are you wearing them now? I am. Okay, let's see. Can you lift your leg that high? It hurts. Are they, <laughs> are they worn in enough so that you don't have to sleep yeah. with them anymore? You can take them off? <laughs> Uh, it is still a bit of a struggle. Yeah, the first night, about 15 minutes of rolling around on the floor of my hotel room trying to get them off, which I eventually did, but I was really close to just giving up and sleeping with them. But that would I, have been a funny video clip, by the uh, way. Uh, I love them right, though. Well, my first, first it's a funny, it's a funny visual slash story. So I do appreciate that. <laughs> and listeners, someone else, we won't name the person, but someone else in the market has matching cowboy boots to gyms. I'm a trendsetter. For the record, I was buying them. I was at the counter, card out, already making the purchase when this unnamed person yelled out, 11, 11 and a half for me. I'd like to try those same boots on, please. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will say they're pretty nice and I have a little bit of envy and want oh. cowboy boots now. Yeah. All right. Well, I would like to know, so the shoes that you wore when you entered the said store to buy said cowboy boots. What happened to the shoes that you wore in the door? Well, I wasn't sure whether we were going right out or not. So I just disposed of the shoes with the empty box and wore the cowboy boots out, which horrified the woman a little bit who sold me the boots. But she said it wasn't the first time she'd seen it. However, she hasn't seen it in years. (laughs) So you you really didn't care about those other shoes, huh? You could just Uh, throw shoes away just on a whim? They were... Fairly worn work shoes, Peter. I cared about them a little, but I cared more about not being encumbered by a bag and some extra shoes as we went out for the evening. So yeah, okay, that's fair. You were also fully committing to the cowboy boots at that point, both in terms of comfort, style, and not just committing, but you know, knowing that you'd eventually be able to get them off your feet. Yeah. So uh, exactly, I'm committed. I agreed to wear them to work this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, into the office. Suit, no suit, doesn't matter. And no blisters at this point? None. No. Okay, good. All right. Well, success all around. Yes. I thought the conference was really successful, mostly because of the participation. I thought that there was good attendance, good participation, obviously lots of great meetings with both clients and other counterparts in the market, but there was a lot going on and a lot of pretty productive conversations, especially sort of, I think we're at a bit of an inflection point in the market for lots of different reasons. And it's important to sort of understand which direction people are going to head next and how best to solution. So it was a good couple of days. I'd agree. I only went into a handful of the panels. So I didn't see that much of the conference because we were kept kind of busy. I was saying this morning to one of our clients did a one-on-one recap. And I was saying to him, I think it's now officially time for me to drop the phrase stock loan securities lending because that isn't what we are and it's not what we're doing in 2024, it purely is securities finance. Much like our business cards say, Brooke, thanks to you on the switch of our tagline, 
but it's all the conversations. And I think you just alluded to it. I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about inflection point, but if you mean where the industry has to decide, how do we move forward? Correct. Yeah. From a capital standpoint, how we do business, how we continue to keep balances on for our lending clients, for ourselves versus other options they may have that are less capital intensive, less use of LCR, what have you. But I think it was clear every conversation we had was about workaround structures, which generally are GC structures that you put on in decent size and brokers willing to pay a premium to what otherwise would be viewed as just intrinsic value or lack of intrinsic value in a basket. So I'm going to stop saying SBL, stock loan. I'm going to just start saying securities finance because that really is what we are. Do you think you're going to lose friends in the market by rebranding? (laughs) That's a huge assumption on your part that I have friends in the market, (laughs) but I like it. Probably not. No, I think it's just acknowledgement of where we are, or at least where ESEC sits in this space. You know, maybe others are still intrinsic lenders or intrinsic lending agent lenders, but that's not us. We do that. I just feel the intrinsic value has become so commoditized because of all the transparency through vendors and pricing mechanisms and volumes and participation broadly just continues to go up in terms of lending that a special trades at a rate and it's just one step short of a ticker tape type. Right. I would say from the pipeline perspective, which is my job, it was almost nothing in my pipeline is pure intrinsic value, kind of just programmatic type of approach. Everything has a cash or funding element to it or some sort of structured trade with solving a borrower problem and making money for a client through a structured transaction. And to me, one of the best things about the conference for me this time, even though I didn't participate in all the meetings, Brooke can attest to, that a lot of our time was spent with clients and borrowers together, Mm -hmm. right? And bringing people together for idea generation and discussion of how to solve problems, what works, what doesn't work. That's the first time that I've seen us do that many meetings in that kind of a context. So to me, that was one of the big highlights. I thought from a panel perspective, we could always use more beneficial owners. And I didn't go to all the panels, but I hate to say this, and I am recorded, that I thought Brooke's panel was probably one of the best (gasps) ones out there. And I thought everybody represented a good voice, had a lot to say, and the CCPs were up there. And I do think we're finding some potential avenues there. And the Goldman discussion, and other discussions, I think, really speak to a lot of things that you guys have both said. And they're constantly new ideas for these workarounds. It's not mm-hmm. just pledge and pledge back and CCP. We had new things come up just on your panel I'd never even heard of. That helped me in discussions with prospects. So to me, that was the most fascinating part of the conference for me. Yeah, and I agree. And I do want to thank you, Peter. This is why I prefer to podcast on Mondays and not Fridays. There's too many niceties on a Friday because everybody's excited. We're going into a couple days off. And by the way, we did get some, I got a lot of side comments about our podcast, which typically happens. But one of my industry friends, not to be named, did say to me, Happy New Year. Because guess what? She hadn't seen me yet this year. And so she wanted me to know that she was in my corner on that topic. So I'm going to take that one. As a win. I will also, I'll name this person because then hopefully he's a regular listener. And if not, someone will inevitably tell him about it. But Mr. Paul Wilson both said happy new year to me. And then also immediately proceeded to give me either correct 
or give me an answer to one of our prior podcasts where, you know, we were maybe questioning what the answer was. So I laughed and I asked if he was interested to be one of our next guests, although I think he rightly noted that Chess Dog or Matt Chesson has that mantle with us with S&P. But anyway, there was definitely a little bit of Happy New Year attributing going on. I got a little bit of feedback as well. And that feedback was we should have the other side of the street on our calls. We should have counterparts. Yeah, that's and a great idea. We, that's a great idea. I like that we idea. Got, yeah. We got someone to agree to do it. Yeah, that's, we should do that soon. I was part of that same conversation. I love that your takeaway was he wanted to do it and he would do it. I think it was- Oh, really? You you had a different takeaway? He was incredibly tentative, Brooke. I, <laughs> you really? wanted him to, yeah, you wanted him to say yes, but it was a yeah. She sees what she wants to see. Well, it wait, was a yeah, I just got to get- look, I just got to get away this? from Brooke and then I'm going to call Jim and turn say that no. into. I am confident I can turn that into a yes. I took that as we're done. If I need to still close the deal, I'll close the deal. Yes, agreed. Is that like you turned the invitation to a stage into a yes? Where some <laughs> dancing and singing with country stars happened? Because by the way, to our okay, listeners, I, and, I, uh... and I throw out a lot of credit to Brooke for the fun factor that happened and the entertainment value. And- I will say that Brooke did a great job on that piece too. So the niceties continue. There's no negativity here. All right. Well, I appreciate that. You weren't even present though for it, Peter. I did have to leave early that evening. But back to real business conversation. The thing about all of the solutioning around capital constraints and stuff, I think what's so interesting and the theme that I took from the conference and from all the meetings that we had during the conference is just how non-standard the various solutions are in the sense that there are many and the solutions will vary by counterpart. And even within a counterpart, I think counterparts will potentially be willing to solution differently depending upon who the lender client is. And so I think what's going to be so interesting in the next year to to more following is just how much work is going to go into finding those bespoke solutions by lender, by counterpart, matching up the opportunity, working through evaluation, due diligence on whatever it is, legal structure, setup, et cetera and getting to execution. And I think the real challenge and where success will be had will be for those lenders and lending agents that can be most flexible and responsive to that because the borrower community clearly has a need and will be pushing hard on this. And I think they will focus their resource and efforts where both they see something that's viable that will work from a capital perspective, but that they also see viable counterparts on the other side of that, where they're not wasting their time and spinning their wheels trying to get it done. And I think that that was a lot of what I took from the panel that I did, but also just from some of the meetings. So I think that that's exciting too. I mean, it presents a big challenge, but I think that it means we have a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. alongside our clients and working with counterparts. So I think doing those types of meetings that Peter, you talked about where Jim and I work together and get our clients and borrowers in the same room together and try to solution as a group, I think more and more of that will happen on a go forward basis. That's one of our strengths as a company, in my view, because we have fewer clients and direct trading with the counterparts on a named basis, right? So that's definitely an advantage. What do you guys think about the fact that we still don't know the final rules for Basel three endgame interpretation for the U.S.? And that could lead to even more solutioning, or do you think all the solutions are anticipating those changes already and are already out kind of being discussed? 
I think it's both. I think that there are solutions that are out there that already solve capital problems and will continue to solve capital problems. But no, I think there will be, you know, they'll continue to refine. And the other side of the trade, they have a lot of smart people working and thinking through problem solving around the various components to the capital charges. And so I think we'll continue to see more solutions in the years to come for sure. My hope is that when we get finalization to Basel III, that the variance between views at each firm, it's that variance that the interpretation is so broad across all these different firms, whether they're US banks, CAD banks, UK banks, anybody who's interpreting it, it's different at every shop. And that is what leads to what you were speaking about, Brooke, all these different bespoke solutions. My hope is that some sort of finalization of language gets us closer to maybe not one central view, but yeah. whittle it down to two or three of these I know, right. options that show themselves as more scalable and yes. that work for more people. And so you just don't want to do throwaway work. I would guess brokers are going to have to have their hands in basically every pot solution that works for the different agent lenders and beneficial owners that they represent. So we're not in the position where we want to build eight mousetraps, but to build two or three, yes. And that body of work, like you said, is massive. And we're already moving forward with a number of the options that we think are going to end up winning out. So yeah, and I do think we'll see more of that. I think we'll see more alignment of views or agreement on what the interpretation or the net impact is to the different firms. So just even how different counterparts of the same jurisdiction under the same regulations view one lender's RWA charge today differs in a lot of instances. And I think you'll see a little bit more of a normalization of that longer term, but coming up with a handful of standard menu items will be really helpful over time. And I think we'll have that, but right now the menu is not short. There's mm -hmm. a fair amount of things and I think it will grow before it shrinks. Yep. It'll grow further before it narrows itself into a few scalable solutions that really do work for the whole industry. It definitely feels like it's a now problem as opposed to a handful of conferences before COVID and then after COVID. It felt like it was something talked about at every conference, but with no real solution, no direction, no timeline. And now all of that has shape and it feels like it's a this year solution. I also think what's unique about this, this problem that the entire industry is facing is that in many cases, you find our counterparts, the broker dealers generally don't work with each other well when it comes to solutioning or creating product. They like to have first mover advantage. They like to, if they have intellectual property, they don't want to share it with others because it gives them an advantage. But in this instance, because what we're talking about is regulatory oversight, I think they're going to share with each other and want a number of people to be, use your word, Brooke, aligned in terms of mm. their read on regulations and their general solutions. So I'm hopeful. I'm talking my book a little bit, but I am hopeful that the industry can get this right. Definitely. It, ch it changes your role a little bit too, Jim, right? I mean, I'm a big advocate, as you know, as like Jim is a salesperson to borrowers more so than a trading desk manager, because we need all of those new ideas and implementation happening. It's fair to say that you're spending more time on that, right? Over the last year and potentially over the next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're kind of following our clients' lead. And so how do we keep our clients participating at the level they are or grow it with our counterparts when it comes to non-standard easy borrow stuff that they might be able to do elsewhere? And so this dictates that our clients want that performance and that exposure and that balance and ultimately that cycle ending revenue. And so that's where we're headed.
But I'm also aware that maybe there's others out there, agent lenders, who still are just focused on intrinsic value lending for their clients. Maybe they have a completely different client base. Maybe what we're seeing yeah. is unique to ESEC a little bit. There have to be groups inside of groups away from us that are focused on exactly what we think we do well, which is these structuring trades and helping solution at a transactional level, not a program level. So we're yeah. really looking at Canadian Bank A and pension lender B and see where do they match up? What yeah. do their assets look like? What are their needs? And putting trades together and then hoping to scale that either with that pair or with other pairs. On the intrinsic versus financing side, to be clear to the listeners, we do focus on maximizing intrinsic first, right? So we do that in a variety of different ways, separate programs, auctions, et cetera. But additive business is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. and it's model, where we're spending a lot of time. Our model leaves us with less attractive assets in our discretionary program because we sell the attractive assets in exclusives. This sort of trading for us in this new role that the three of us are kind of playing where we arbitrate between all the parties involved and we're truly agenting product, but it lends itself well to the existing model that ESEX had for 20 years. 24 years, just 24, 24 years. years. But yeah. Jim hasn't been around very long, so he no, can't count so he's, well. He's still new. <laughs> he's a newbie. Yeah. By the way, I also don't want to forget to give a shout out to the Women in Securities Finance Networking event. Oh, which, by yes, the way, another, I joined. Is this another compliment? Yes, unfortunately. Must be Friday. <laughs> exactly. It's Friday. But it was something I reluctantly went to and thought about planning meetings during that time. And I, love, and I think I many people may have thought about this, but I did join reluctantly and I thought it was hugely additive to the conference, Brooke. And Hold on. I Can met, we just explain I met a bunch of people benefit? that I didn't know. And I, and I thought it was not hokey, which is the word I would use going in. I thought it was super productive. Okay. So this is another making Jim uncomfortable because I'm going to be nice here because I care a lot about you and don't want you to be thrown under the bus for the wrong reasons. Can you better explain why you would have been reluctant? It wasn't because it was a women in securities finance event because I call you the ambassador. You are an amazing ally and you're one of the most supportive colleagues that I've seen in the space of women in securities finance and said networking events, right? This one, you were reluctant because it was a speed networking. Yeah, it was event, like speed dating. That was, it was, yeah, was okay. going to be like, I just thought it was going to be potentially awkward and not that fun and not that productive. And instead, I think everyone took it seriously. Everyone got something out of it. I know I did. And I was impressed. Good, so ha good. hats off to Women's Securities Finance for planning something different. It's not just the typical event. And keeping it real and keeping it new and fresh, I think, is important for the organization, right? And so that added a lot of value to the conference, in my view. Yes. No, I thought it was excellent. I was really excited about how that session played out. We had great participation. We practically filled the room. And you're right. I think people really embraced it and did meet a lot of new people, which is always what you want to achieve when you're at a conference. So. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see Jim in the room, but Jim wasn't you know. there. I didn't realize there was an event. <laughs> <laughs> Jim didn't look at the agenda. hundred percent did not look at the agenda. I just yeah. did what you guys said I needed to do. So now I'm sorry I missed it. Sounds like it was productive. But overall, great conference, right? I think we could always use more beneficial owners. That would be the only thing that I would say would be helpful. More beneficial owners attending. Is there anything that we have upcoming market-wise or information-wise, Jim, can we dangle a carrot for a future podcast? Well, we've got PASLA coming up in less than 30 days. Yeah. So might come back from that with some good information. 
I would say stay tuned for a fresh new look to this podcast if we're going to add some broker slash counterpart perspectives. I think it really could take what we do and take it to another level in terms of discussing all the different pain points that we touch on a little bit gives a perspective that we don't really have. We just have what they tell us. And so I think sitting on a podcast could be really interesting. So maybe our next podcast involves somebody new. Well, we already have a podcast record scheduled with someone new. It's not a broker contact, but we'll get someone new in the mix here shortly. But yeah, hopefully we'll get some others scheduled. And Mm -hmm. I guess to our listeners, if you're out there and if you might be an interested party to participate in a conversation, reach out to Jim or (laughs) Peter or myself. And to those that we've already pitched, I'm coming for you. (laughs) By the way, Brooke, we started this during COVID. So is it truly four years in or three years in? To our podcast? Yeah. That's a good question. We could go back and look at the first yeah. recording we'll, date, we'll, but we'll we, come back we probably that started time. in, I would guess, because it was my thing in the summer of 2020. So I bet this summer will be around the four anniversary yeah. mark. How Amazing. many episodes have we done? Do you know? Yeah, I could figure that out in half a second. Do either of you want to fill some quiet airtime with what's ahead for the weekend? I don't have a lot planned. I was supposed to Same. go skiing, but I had to change my plans. So, Brooke, where are you? I am in Stowe, Vermont. Are you going to ski? Yes, I will be. My children have a day off of school, which means mom is working from a different location while kids are skiing. Nice. I have nothing planned either, which is... Just wear the cowboy boots. Pretend you're still in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our first podcast was March 26, 2020. Yeah, so it was right at the start of COVID, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it was only nine minutes. How is it possible that we only had nine minutes of content? Who was, who was on that? It was adjusting to the new market environment, uncharted territory. So it was clearly, you know, I mean, it was what we were all living through then. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. It's great. Two weeks good, after good, we good to get left. a little perspective. Two weeks after we left the office. Yep. And um, everything changed. Yeah. Everyone understood Brooke and my perspective as an offsite employee. It anyway, it's a, a whole cl- other podcast. Yeah, It got a clean rating, though. The good news is, is our podcast gets a clean rating. Let's keep it that way, friends. Keep it clean. Good way to end. Keep it clean, bro. All right. Keep it clean, friends. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you, listeners. Have a great Bye, one. Listeners. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your feedback. Let us know what you think. And friends, don't forget to subscribe to ESEC Lending Insights wherever you get your podcasts. And now for our disclaimer. This material is for your private information and does not constitute legal tax or investment advice. There is no representation or warranty as to the current accuracy of nor liability for decisions based on such information. Thanks for listening.